Hello everyone, this is Paul Nobles from Eat Reform, and I am sitting here with the lovely co-host Sarah Kumar. Sarah, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hello everyone, happy Friday, happy winter. Yeah, is it cold where you are? It was 15 degrees this morning when I went to the gym. Don't be such a baby, okay? It's like... It's... Okay, that, first of all, that's my line to you. <laughs> It's like seven degrees here. I love it when you Chicago people complain about. Oh, <laughs> I slipped. I slipped up and, and said you were from Chicago. That's right. Oh. I just want you know what? It's documented. It's I blew the early podcast. Documented. I blew my whole stick. Good. All right. Good. All right. What'd so, you get? Anything, oh, anything interesting happening in your world right now? Oh my gosh, there's always crazy interesting stuff happening. We have a competition tomorrow um, at my CrossFit gym. It's actually a fundraiser for um, dogs, actually for WAGs and veterans. So that's Do you guys fun. have some crazy name? Like, usually... Yeah. usually like Cockfight or Battle of the Bitches? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, that'd be interesting, though. Like, doing a, a competition... Related to dogs and calling it the Battle of the Bitches. Right. right? Yeah, that would actually be really cute. <laughs> um, yeah, not uh, so I think for most people, they know that you're on, on fat loss because you talk about it. You need to talk about it more on the main page. I'm done. I posted a video this morning. Oh, yeah? So, I sure did. So, so let everybody know on the podcast how things went, things you learned. So I... This was my last week. Uh, I, I did eight weeks. Um, I decided that I am only going to do eight weeks, eight pounds. So um, it went really good. You know, I think what was important and what I reminded our members of is that it's not, you know, just eight pounds straight down every week, right? I would go down two pounds and then I would go up a pound and a half. And then I would go, you know, down a pound and then you know up half a pound regardless of wherever you ended up at the end of the week we still count that as you know week two I'm, I still hit down four pounds even if the scale went back up by Friday yeah because I think That's a lot of people end up being like prisoner of the moment and yes, don't look high absolutely. to low right Absolutely, yeah. So, like, you know, like, even in your situation coming out of fat loss, if your identity was defined by the eight pounds that you lost, and let's say right. that in that process you got to 128 pounds, if every single day you wake up thinking, I'm not 128 pounds, you're sort of missing the point of you're how... You're sabotaging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not taking credit for the progress that you've made. Though the today I'm going to talk about you know my post that I made yesterday in the private group. I'm going to try and 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 use it for the main audience so everybody sort of understands where I'm going with it. But it's a little bit difficult if you know if you're not eat to perform ride or die right because you know what we do is so opposite of the you know, the way that everybody else teaches it. And oh, the yeah. reason why, you know, people have 
you know, longer success, better success with each form is because of the, the process that I'm going to lay out. So I'm going to try and break it down in the most simple way possible, but um, stick with me and uh, it, it should be interesting. Uh, before we get on to that, I wanted to kind of run through a couple things. First of all, um, free trials are actually um, going to be open for a very short period of time. Um, I don't know what happened, but the um, Facebook Live just kicked me out. So hold on one uh -oh. second. Okay, the man was trying to keep us down, but we cannot be stopped. <laughs> Um, I think where I stopped was the message uh, that I was talking about was what's coming up. Um, we, we have a, uh, a special product that we're creating just for uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is going to be the, the science of eat to perform. And it, it basically takes you from the beginning you know, to the end and all the stuff in the middle and it's a version of what we teach our um, people in our certification, but it's truncated down. So um, look for that. The other thing that I talked about was that, uh, as, as most people know, we only really take clients once every three months or so. And we haven't taken clients in about three months. We are going to open up a short window uh, right around Thanksgiving, actually on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and, and the reason being is that it's, I don't know about you guys, but for me, you know, a lot of times you're, you're on Thanksgiving day and there's not a whole lot to do at around two o'clock, you know? Right. So right. if you were looking to join each perform, that's going to be a good time to do that. Best way to do that is to get on the mailing list, which you can go to eatperform.com and then just press the header and then that will allow you to do that. Or if you see any of the links in any of the posts that we have, um, you can do that. So really excited about that. Going to keep the group kind of small, though. We don't really want to take on too many people. Um, part of the reason is that the the first of the year is just crazy, right? So even perform staff, you know, we use this time to... Crazy time! Yeah, we, we use this time to kind of recharge the batteries. So, all right, so let's get into the topic at hand, which is basically how to extend fat loss, weight loss, the eat to perform way, which is really not just the eat to perform way. It's really the only way to really do it, right? And right. so, the you know, I made a post that was in the private forums in eat to perform and talked about you know, why getting calories up is important and how to use it. So let, let's start there, right? So I'm going to I'm gonna pretend like everyone listening is not a neat reformer. I'm going to pretend that I'm talking to someone in the elevator. Sarah literally told me to shut my Facebook because every time we do a podcast, that Facebook goes off. And I'm not sure if you guys heard that, but that was her Facebook going off. That so, wasn't mine. No, sir. That mine is muted. That is yours. Is it? It may be how it, it may be because you have like seven different screens at one time. I'm telling you, I do not have Facebook open. 
So you have something open. Cause mine's muted. I don't think so. I you you razzed me so bad so many times about sounds in the background. I make sure my stuff is muted. I'm just telling you. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's you. It's not. I'm just let me let me just check, but it. I'm pretty sure it's not. It's good. not even that loud. It's fine. All right. An add character to our podcast. <gasps> Oh my goodness, it was me. Shoot. <laughs> Doggone it. I Always get it. busted. I just had too many windows open. That's the problem. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what makes someone successful at dieting in the first place, right? So oftentimes you will hear people say, you know, I go to paleo or every time I go to Weight Watchers, I have success. But, um, you know, when I get off of it, you know, that's when everything goes haywire. And, and what they're basically saying is, is if I live a life completely deprived all the time, that I can actually get to an area where I'm having, where I feel most comfortable. Now, the things that don't feel comfortable is I don't sleep well, my hair's falling out, my thyroid's bad, right? All these different I'm things. I'm a little psychotic. Right. But they don't look at it the true way, right? The true way the the true success that people have in a dieting cycle is when they're not dieting, right? So, it's the it's the period where you're eating Oreos and, and Mountain Dews and stuff like this. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't eat like that. Yeah, that that's uh, that's part of the problem, right? Is you're coming to a dieting cycle. So, you know, the science is fairly clear that the more you diet, the worse you get at dieting, right? So a bit of what we teach at Eat Reform is how to get those calories up without really a lot of weight gain. And then you use that, you know, we like to refer to it as a tool. So, so I think that that's yeah. the best way. If you guys are listening, view your calories as a tool. Mm -hmm. And then I think it will help you understand this a little bit better. So the first thing that people think when they think about raising their calories is they look back at the Weight Watchers, Paleo, Zone, you know, whatever thing that they're doing, and they remember that they were starving, and the minute that they ate some cheesecake, their weight went up. So they view the cheesecake as the problem, but it's actually the dieting that's the problem, right? Because what ends up happening is you're going to compromise your metabolism in that process, and there's a way to do it that actually works. And then there's a way to do it where you get the result that basically everyone else is doing, you know. So the success rate of dieting is basically less than 3%. And uh, when you look at that less than 3%, more often than not, the people that are successful and success in that instance is being defined by hitting your goal weight and staying at goal weight. First of all, I think that that should not be the barometer of success because when you think about who you want to be um, as we like move through dieting cycles you want to actually expand you know your muscle base you want to um, get leaner in that process and so you might be 15% as a female 
with eight packed abs, you know, might be 142. But 128 right. is having you hold on to fat a little bit more than you would like, right? So I'm going to walk you through the process of what it's like and, and how, how to, to go through that and visualize it a little bit. So a lot of people, when they start Eat to Perform, especially, you know, around the first of the year, um, you know, people are going, you know, typically people gain somewhere around eight to 10 pounds around the holidays, right? So you might be different, but in general, people gain weight around the holidays. Oh, yeah. So what ends up happening is you start Eat to Perform or you start your zone or you start your paleo or whatever system that you're going to use, but you'd been drinking, you'd been eating more than normal. And now you're trying to rein that in a little bit. The <laughs> thing that makes Eat to Perform special and different and better than anything else is we're not guessing, right? We know exactly where your calories are at any given time because we create a baseline that's based on the intake that we're doing. And then we walk you through that process. So, Let's say that you were going through the holidays and you were overeating. What would end up happening is the baseline plan would get you very far, right? Right. So let's say that, you know, through that process, you, you were eight to 10, but you weren't super lean the way that you might ultimately want to be. So you go, well, how could I use that period around the holidays? And by the way, you know, like I said earlier, if you want to understand how to use calories more, most efficiently, that's why we're opening things up for that short period of time on Thanksgiving Day. Um, is to give people the opportunity, give friends and families the opportunity to join so they can manage their holidays the best. Now, I personally think that trying to control your weight acutely where you're, you know, super low in calorie sort of misses why you live life, you know? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you've got three weeks. The goal is to break even, maybe even go up a pound or two, right? One of the biggest things that happens for people is that that pound or two ends up being the thing that just bothers them, you know, so much yeah, so that it stops them losing the 15 pounds. And so, um, so let's start there, right? So you, you started off, you're coming in eat form and you are overfed. Um, there's somebody spamming us. Let me just delete that. And so when you use the baseline plan, it's naturally going to, you're going to see success. We're going to have you hitting goals right off the bat. And once you start to hit those goals, you'll gradually get a little bit more food. And so let's look at it from the beginning, from a calorie standpoint, and let's talk about why that is and why that's important. So let's say that coming out of the holidays, your calorie average for a female was something like 2,600 calories. 
And then we set you up on the baseline plan and you start hitting goals and relatively quickly we're able to see wow this person is able to make some really big progress and we can sort of adjust those goals down as we need to do that right that's what our coaching does so initially we set your goals at around two pounds but some people lose four to five pounds and so we try to extend that as long as possible depending on where you came from because the way that the the industry works now is more often than not people don't have a coach in place they just go to like the my fitness pal calculator or something like this and they say i want to lose three pounds a week and then they end up getting this really low um unrealistic unrealistic macros that 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 they end up quitting most people fail at dieting because they quit within the first 10 days that's just right. fact right um that's that's a well-known statistic and so um, being able to stick to a plan or creating a, a plan that you can adhere to is really super important. So as you start to hit the goals, you get more food. Now this throws people off because they look back at the time where they were doing Weight Watchers or Paleo or whatever, and they were eating really super low, and they know they were eating super low, right? Mm -hmm. And so they look at the time where they had the cheesecake on the weekend and their weight went up five pounds as the problem. It's actually not the problem. It's the, it's the answer. And now, now the cheesecake part might not be the answer, but, but trying to get as much food as you can possibly get in while getting better exercise, while sleeping better, while recovering better, all these different things, that's what allows you to see progress along the way. And that progress, like Sarah, you know, we had the podcast interrupted. So, you know, you would have to go back to the part one where um, Facebook kicked us out. Um, but in part one, Sarah talked about eight pounds loss, which she considered to be very successful in her fat loss cycle. And the reason why it was successful is because she held on to muscle. If she went and boomer bust slash and burn type of approach right? right where she nuclear bombed you know her calorie point she was uncomfortable didn't sleep all this other type of stuff wasn't able to get to the gym as a result she might have been able to lose 15 pounds but end up losing a lot of muscle in that process right and that's right? definitely not what i wanted that's definitely not the goal for most people so you came in 2600 calories and your ba the baseline plan averages out for females right around 1950. So that sounds to, to a lot of people who are familiar with calories that that is not enough. Well, it's certainly enough when you look at your calories being 2,600, right? If you came in with your calories being 1,400, it still works. It just works in a different way. So what ends up happening is as you get your baseline plan, we will often see whether or not, you know, you are coming from an under eating background or you're coming from an excessive background. Now around the first of the year, we get a lot of excessive people, right? But, you know, around, let's say April, April, May, something like that, we get a lot of the people that have actually been under eating for years 
and still can't figure out why, you know, they're not right. seeing success. And so those people, it gets to be a little bit of a challenge to show them why, you know, they need to actually reverse that dieting behavior. Right, right. I think probably one of my favorite things, and I don't want you to lose track. No, go ahead. Thought, but one of my favorite things that we talk with people when they come in like that is they want to know, well, how long is it going to take to see progress? And, you know, how long did it take you to get here, right? How long have you been under eating is the answer to that question. Well, it's a little bit the answer to the question. Yeah. I think... I think there's a lot of science out there that there's, there's kind of science and pseudoscience and, you know, there's a lot of right. people that end up spending a lot of time thinking about the small details. But at the end of the day, when you really look at it, if you've been eating 1200 calories, you can't stay there. Right. right. So, so I'll walk you guys through the math of it a little bit, but what I'm going to say to you should inherently make sense. It's logical. It's math. And we see it working every single day. So if you started at 2,800 calories as a female, right, and we bring you down to, let's say, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,100 calories, you would probably lose, usually we see a person like that lose about five to six pounds right off the bat. And then another two pounds as we normalize them. And the normalizing part is really important. Right. So I'm going to stick with my train of thought there because I've got the numbers, but the numbers right there, you know, just in case you wanted to write them down. So 2,800, 2,100. Now I do have the macros on this in the private group. I, you know, posted a little bit more specifics on an, on an actual example. Um, so now we've got this person at, 2100 they hit their goals and they start to go up again and I, i'm just trying to think you know um from this standpoint not only are, are we dealing with carbs but we're dealing with fats i mean that you know we need calories to go up so you know in general we're going to see um all macronutrients basically involved right because there's a lot of people that when you're under eating you kind of have to pick you know weight yeah. watchers is low yeah. fat Paleo is low carb, right? So in, in the eat to perform world, we're looking at calories as a tool that you're using to see a result. So now we take this, this person, their plan was 2,100. They hit their goal. Now they start to go up. So their, their calories go up to, let's say, 2,400. The first process usually takes somewhere in the neighborhood of about three weeks, and like I said, the person has seen anywhere from six to eight pounds lost, right? Right. So now they, we start working them slowly back up. And so for this example, I'm going to use 2,400, right? And then we're going to go to 1,900 for the, um, the deficit. So the thing that I want you guys to really focus on here is that with 2,800, 2,100, the deficit was 700 calories. So that's why the person was able to lose, you know, you know, anywhere from six to eight pounds in that cycle, which was only right. three weeks. And in that cycle, which is the funniest part about this, is that when you go through an eat to perform cycle front to back, 
what you will often see is that you're not dieting as much as you're dieting even in a fat loss phase. Oh, yeah. It's actually important um, that you do that. So in the case of 2400 to 1900, we're only looking at a 500 calorie deficit. And so the person really needs to keep their expectations relatively low, you know, so I would say that that person should probably expect somewhere between three and four pounds and then one pound on the way up, maybe two pounds on the way up, right? So then on the way up, we're going to go to 2200 and 1800. This is the part that everyone messes up. This is the reason why people plateau, right? And so when you plateau, there's really two ways to deal with it. Our way is actually quite involved because we're doing both. We're not only bringing calories. So the way that you deal with a plateau is by bringing calories up or bringing calories down. The problem that you run into with the bringing calories down part is that you hit a wall faster, right? That's why our process is better than other processes out there. The way that we do it, it allows you to not only, so like for instance, let, let's look at another model. Let's say that you were doing Weight Watchers and you had 24 points, right? And you stall and they're like, okay, now let's go to 18 points. I don't truthfully know how Weight Watchers works. It's been a very I long... Either. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But... um. But you most be talking about 300 calories right now for all we know. Yeah, but but my, right, but most uh, <laughs> but most systems, the way they get you to break through a plateau is by bringing you down, right? Yeah. And what we do is we give you a pretty aggressive goal based on the amount of calories that you had in the first place, right? And then we gradually walk you through it. So in the last example, the, pe the person shouldn't really expect a whole lot, but they should, they should be able to see three to four pounds success, right? So this is over the course of eight to 12 weeks. So when we add it all up and we look at, you know, let's just look at the minimums. We'd be looking at eight, 12, and then, you know, right at 15 pounds. So if, if you were looking at, you know, an eight to 12 week cycle to lose 15 pounds, not only would you hold on to more muscle at a higher calorie point, it would be easier, right? If six of the weeks of your fat loss cycle, you weren't dieting acutely, it would be easier. And so what's nice about the way that we do it is that, you know, most people just want to go down to, you know, the lowest as possible, get it done as soon as possible. They end up blowing through a lot of muscle. And more importantly, it's not sustainable, right? The way that we do it is much more sustainable. And it really sets you up for the paradigm of how you would do it eventually, right? So when you go, okay, well, what happens after fat loss? Now I've lost let's say 15 pounds. And first of all, you know, we have people that can take these cycles going up and down, right? Like I'm thinking of a few people right off the bat that are females that 
you know, started off, you know, they, they came in um, presumably, you know, not very controlled in the way that they're eating, right? And in this instance, we went from 2,800 to 2,100, 2,400 to 1,900. Most of those people were actually able to get almost all the way back to 2,800. And then they mm -hmm. came down again. So every single right. time they ended up losing six to eight pounds in every single cycle, right? right? And so their fat loss cycle is longer. And yes, they're a little bit more uncomfortable for a longer period of time. Because I can tell you that sort of weighs on you a little bit, right? No pun mm -hmm. intended. Um, <laughs> but if you, you know, if you were a 210 pound female and you wanted to, you know, lose 30 to 40 pounds and you said, well, I'm willing to do anything it takes to do that. Now, all right. of a sudden, you know, what happens when you're 180, you know, and you used to be 210 literally weeks ago, right? Now, all of a sudden, all your gym workouts are better. You're probably going to be sleeping a little bit deeper because you're going to go to bed tired. You're handling stress a little bit better. All these different things mm -hmm. end up being, you know, somewhat favorable. Um, so the answer to the problem is that you're ultimately in control, right? And so right. when we look at, you know, how someone gets their calories up, more often than not, if you have a weight goal in mind and you want to stay at that weight goal, that's why I said earlier you know, just reminding everyone that I think weight goals are the wrong way to approach it. Because yes. I think if you, if you, if you have this thought process in your head that you mm -hmm. need to be 150, that process is going to paralyze you, but you're also not going to gain muscle as you go. Right. right? Exactly. And so when we, you know, so, so let's say that we have somebody and they've lost 30 pounds and and in the process, instead of eight to 12 weeks, they, they were actually more four months to lose the, the 30 pounds, right? So let's say, I mean, with four months, you know, you're roughly looking at about 16 weeks. So they've lost, you know, two pounds a week. That's pretty good for that time period. We see that a lot of the time. Um, right. It's just a matter of, you know, there's so many people that start a dieting cycle and they also exercise at the same time and they end up stressing out their system and never bring food back into the equation. And then they always wonder why I always get stuck at a certain weight or why they actually almost diet their way to obesity. This is why, because you're, you're ultimately affecting your metabolism negatively as you go down, 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 down. The way that the standard model is, is, you know, in a 12 week cycle, you would, you know, go from, let's say 1700 to 1300 to 900. And then when you ultimately fail, they'll point the finger at you saying, Oh yeah, you didn't do the plan or you had too many cheats. And the fact of the matter is, is that we don't believe in cheats. We don't believe in cheating on your diet. In fact, if you look at this, the exact scenario that I just described to you, right? 
even the lowest scenario would not be considered to be dieting macros. Right. Not, not at all. Right. That's why when people ask me, you know, what do you mean by not dieting? What I mean is by even the lowest amount of foods that you'll be eating, one of the things that we often hear with Eat Perform is that when people get to, you know, kind of their lowest cycle, they'll often get frustrated at like 1900 calories. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, you almost have to remind them that in the past they probably were eating 1200 calories and getting right. nowhere. And now in this instance, they, they started off at 2800, gradually brought things down. Now, you know, there are, you know, I'm going to answer. There's a few questions that are coming up. And so I want to take a look at those uh, before we shut it down. But there's going to be a lot of people that wonder if their calories should be that high. That's we, we get that nonstop, right? The simple fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, is there are calculations related to total daily energy expenditure, and we use those as guides. A lot of people look at their Fitbit burn as a guide. Um, a lot of eat performers eat much more than their Fitbit burn, right? Yes. And so when you look at, you know, what are the factors involved, you know, Metabolism is a number of things, but, but, you know, two of the biggest things are the amount of muscle that you have, the amount of muscle that you're building, and then, um, the, the, your digestive rate. So if you're eating 2,800 calories compared to 1,200 calories, your digestive rate is going to be a big part of your metabolism because you're metabolizing 1,600 more calories than you would have done previously. So a lot of the things that people struggle with they're actually causing, and 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 that's part of the oh, issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you read me the questions? Are you seeing the questions that are coming up? I am. I just opened that up in another muted screen. But I think that that describes it fairly well. If, if there's any piece so. of it that you guys yeah. don't understand, you know, go ahead and ask me because we have, we have a little bit of time left. Okay, Ben ODing on your site and podcast. You guys are so cool. I can't join. Um, you can join soon. I've been upping my calories from 13 to 1600 to 19 to 2200 over wait, wait, the past three weeks. Wait, hold on. Is What's his name? It's, it's a guy, right? Natasha. Oh, no, I, no. I don't know. If it's, it's a gal. It's a gal. Okay. Um, so... 13 to 16 to 19 to 22 over the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. I lift three times a week, do one hit session a week, been weight stable for all three weeks. I'm sold. Yeah. I mean, like that's the piece yeah. that a lot of people, they're fearful that they're going to gain weight and they don't realize that, you know, as you... You know, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they try to earn their calories and mm-hmm. it ends up being a net negative. One of the things that we really focus people on during, you know, the periods where um, they're actually eating a little bit more is really focusing on more resistance training at that point. So let, let me give you an example of what I mean. So let's say that... Um, and actually, everything that she described is anabolic. I love it, right? I love every mm-hmm. bit of, of what she's saying. 
The um, only recommendation I might have is that the templates that we give our clients would be something that uh, might be a little bit better because a lot of times people think that they're doing hypertrophy work and it might be harder than what they normally were doing, right? Right. But this is something that's going to be next level. Yeah. And yeah. so, so uh, we... You know, if if in a fat loss phase you might be getting twelve thousand steps, we would typically recommend you go down to about eight thousand, and really focus on muscle building at that point. Yes. Um, and you know what we will often see, like we 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 have some people with with like just crazy macros. It's almost unbelievable. Mm -hmm. We always post those, by the way. Whenever we post, like a, you know, um like a profile of an eat to perform client, we post their, their actual macros. So, um, you guys get to look at them, but if you wanted to maximize what you're talking about before you join eat to perform, um, you know, like I said, on the Thanksgiving is an option. Um, then, uh, you know, really focusing a little bit more on the muscle building piece. will do that. Right. Okay. So another question, I've been a personal trainer and nutritionist for years. I've always implemented the same methods that you do. However, I have a muscular um, dystrophy um, genetic and I'm sure I'm unsure how to approach my own fitness. Well, um, can you guys help me if I sign up? So she's saying um, she, she has muscular, yeah. muscular dystrophy. Gotcha. So once again, you know, I think that what, in terms of specifics related to your 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 situation, the way that eat perform works, it naturally brings you to where your calories work best, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we start you off with a baseline plan, see that's where the difference, you know, like she said, she was a nutritionist. Correct. Most people as nutritionists kind of go in with a basic assumption. They don't start with the baseline plan and kind of move things along. I think, you know, even when you have, you know, a condition like muscular dystrophy, you're going to naturally think that you should under eat because you can't move as much as other people. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of muscular dystrophy clients, but my suspicion is that the disease itself is actually um, going to eat up a lot of calories, right? So my suspicion right. is that for you to hold on to muscle, you're going to have to eat a lot more than regular people would. And it wouldn't, the system would naturally bring you to that point, right? Um, if you're dealing with muscular dystrophy, as an example, you would certainly want to hold on to weight. Right? Because isn't that, you know, I, I don't know a lot about it other than, you know, like the Jerry Lewis part, right? But, right. you know, your, your body is basically, you know, causing you to have less muscle along the process. So having that food and holding on to that muscle, people do not realize how demanding it is to hold on to muscle from a calorie standpoint, right? Right. So keep that in mind. But but naturally, the perform system will get you to where you would need to be. Right. Okay. 
Should a person be eating their Fitbit calories or around it during fat loss? Um, I don't believe in Fitbit calories, just so right. you know. Um, I believe that, you know, Fitbit is, is funny because they're trying to solve fat loss, right? And so I'll just give you my example, right? When I got a Fitbit, um, now I was doing a lot of CrossFit at that time. And I got my Fitbit and I realized that I was doing a lot of CrossFit. And then, you know, I would just like lay on the couch, like wiped out, you know? Right. And so there wasn't a lot of low intensity work. So when I got my Fitbit, I, I noticed, wow, you know, I'm only doing like 4,000 steps outside of my workouts. And so, um, you know, moving that to 8,000 steps was, was pretty enlightening and helpful and helped, uh, you know, a part of the process. Yeah. Um, but in terms of should you, it would probably be too high, right? I guess the question would be is what were your calories outside of fat loss? That's right. the real, see, that's what people, you, everyone's got it backwards, right? Yeah. You, you know, it's like everybody's trying to read the book upside down. And I say that all the time. You know, if you if you have your calories up and then we have strategic periods of down, right, that really aren't even don't even look like dieting cycles to most people. Most people don't realize how many calories they can actually get away with in real life without exercise. I think that's that's part that a lot of people don't right. realize your body naturally wants to be at a much higher calorie point than you think the only difference is is that little things you know do measure up over time i think there's a lot of females as an example you know men don't struggle you know males don't struggle with this in the same way that 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 women do i keep using <laughs> I keep using a different females males women men but Women, you know, in general, if they were 125, they want to be 125. Like right. guys do tend to try to put on a little bit muscle. It's a little bit more manly to be a little bit bigger. Um, mm -hmm. But even as a female, you know, 125, you know, that woman might be able to get her leanest at 135, you know, building muscle along the way. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, we are opening on Thanksgiving for Natasha and Emily Jean. Oh, this is a great question. How does this process work for nursing mothers without hindering milk supply? Are there special guidelines for, um, to lose fat while building muscle and nursing been told that calories are super important in maintaining milk supply? They are. And in fact, yeah. most nursing moms that do eat to perform talk about, wow, I've never had this much milk, you know? Right. Um, we do not recommend fat loss per se. Right. Um, but nursing moms actually are able to lose. It's interesting because um, we had a gal and I mean, you know, of course you're going to lose some pregnancy weight. Activity is high. Um, I'd have to do the math, but her calories were, 
I'd say 3,300, something like that, as yeah. a 140 pound female. Well, the calorie burn alone producing milk is yeah. high. Yeah. Well, and then obviously the draw off of the child, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you usually that's going to be 500 to 750 calories alone. So if you know. Uh, a baseline plan would start off at 1,900 calories. As a, a nursing mom, you would want to be at 2,500, 2,600. We have tons mm -hmm. of nursing moms. Um, oh, yeah. And, and it's funny because they've learned to be protective of their calories, of their macros yeah. um, for their milk supply. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. The, the problem that we run into a lot of the time is that people won't say that they're breastfeeding they come in and, 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 and they want to do fat loss um, or they think that fat loss is the solution and they can't necessarily lose weight without it, right? right? But nursing moms actually are able to lose a good amount of weight. The, the example, I mean, I remember it because I just did her review this morning. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, she, she was sort of stalled for a couple days. And so yeah. I, I moved things down from 3,200 to 2,800 and you would have thought, you would have thought that, you know, I, I like <laughs> shot her in the leg or something. Um, so, that's awesome. but that, that's why this trial and error is so important and having the yeah. ability to actually use data. See, that's the other thing. I mean, like you guys are listening to this and you're you're comparing us to other systems and stuff like that. there is no comparison they don't use the data like it always astounds me that my fitness pal weight watchers they have the data they're just looking at it the wrong way right it's true yeah yeah and, and it's fun to me somebody just said to me and don't lose your thought because every time i interrupt you you lose your thought don't lose it somebody just said to me I love when people do this. It happens pretty often. Oh yeah, eat to perform. Yeah, I tried that. It didn't. It, it it didn't work for me. And in my head, like immediately, I just said, "Well, you weren't doing the plan then, <laughs> you know, because there is no. It didn't. If it if it didn't work for me for you, clearly you weren't logging. Because as long as you're logging, as long as we can give you feedback, it's going to work for you. Yeah, I mean, like like the. When somebody says eat to perform didn't work to me, that just means that they believe that starving is the answer. And we don't. Right. So in that right. way, we eat to perform would not work for you. If you believe that you need to starve yourself to optimal body composition, I can show right. you hundreds of pictures of people who haven't done it. But it, it comes down to something real simple. Do you want to be less or do you want to be more? Right? right. Exactly. And when I say more... I don't mean more in terms of heavier weight. I mean more as you being a human being, right? Because the process of building muscle and holding on to muscle is a very long process. And if you've never done it, right, it's going to be new to you. It's going to be a little bit confusing. Right. And I will say, you know, that, that as you start to kind of peel back the onion and start to realize what it takes to kind of get things done... You know, you know, going to the gym relatively often is inconvenient. You know, mm -hmm. um, going to bed at 930 is inconvenient. Logging your food so coaches can 
Okay, so so when somebody says they they fail to eat to perform, I, I would say they failed at the necessary components to make a abundant life, right? right? So right. so keep that in mind. I mean, look, you know, a a lot of things can work. Um, eat to perform is how your body wanted to exist all along. So if, if you look at it and you go, you know, I failed at eat to perform, I think ultimately, at least I hope this for everyone, that you get to the point where being less isn't the biggest priority and that being a more human, you know, more of a human being ends up being yeah, the bigger priority. Yeah. And in that process, we can lean you out. But we can't do it if you believe that you have to eat as little food as possible in the shortest amount of time possible because it's the timeline and expectation that's killing everybody. Right. We have another great question. Yep. Um, how do you handle a lull in hitting goals in performance recomp? Again, muscle easier than some is patience the key. Um, I would say that that patience is a little bit of the key. Uh, this is one of these situations that's person dependent that, you know, out of context, it would be hard to talk about. But I, I will give you this, you know, this is probably the best way to describe it. And I don't know if this describes this person's scenario. Right. But you can sort of get to this point. I, I've been here, you know, um, I, I've certainly been here where... You just really like going to the gym and you really like eating all the food and doing all the things. Um, and as your weight starts to, you know, go up, you know, a couple pounds, you, you really don't want to, you know, um, kind of pull that back in a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is, is that you start changing your goals, you know, mm -hmm. and you get away from the main point of the goal. This is why a lot of people yeah. say, well, you know, yeah. I'm really, I'm really just focused on being a good power lifter. I'm really focused on being CrossFit or I'm really focused on Orange Theory. Um, it's like, was that your focus when you first started? Because right. your, your focus when you first started was to look good naked, right? <laughs> And so, so, you know, you can let performance recomp go a little too far, right? Yep. But then there's the opposite point of view where you let those right. one or two pounds, right? The, so we have kind of like, the, there's, there's not a lot of people that sit in the middle that are happy, right. kind of, kind of, you know, we, we use like some basic barometers based on weight yeah. and height and things of that nature. But... You know, it, well, I can speak for myself, like just coming out of fat loss, I, I lost eight pounds, but I'm up four pounds, right? I'm not freaking out because I've been, I hit the gym pretty hard this week mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm adding in more food. So I know my body has inflammation. So it's super important to not lose focus of what your goal is. Yeah. Cause a, big I, goal is. well, I think a lot of people end up, you know, um, you know, losing eight pounds and then they'll gain 
four pounds on any one given day and they're like i'm only down four pounds it's like well okay first of all hold on you know um like like yes it is natural for your body to be up and down one of the things that you know the way that each form works is that the plant undulates and so people often focus on you know their highest day compared to their lowest day but they don't really think about like their low day weight typically if your saturday is your low day that's the default low day Uh, i'm sorry super day um, that would mean Tuesday and Friday are your low days. Those are the days, you know, the next day, you know, so so Tuesday and Saturday end up when you weigh yourself. Those are the days that you should probably be your lowest. Now, that's not always the case, you know, right. for, you know, some some people, they'll have some inflammation related to workouts. For some people, yeah. um, you know, they had a little bit more sodium. For, for women, it might be time of month. For, for guys, it could be something different. Um, strength, sleep, there's so many factors. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. But in general, if all things are equal, you really want to focus on your weight on Tuesdays and Saturdays, or basically, you know, on your high day and your super day, right? Right. Um, but I don't feel the evening. Yeah, in the morning. Um, I don't, uh, I don't think we answered the total question though. Okay, so I, I remember the total question. So the, 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 the main point here is that the, the idea isn't to just get you to 500 Club and then get frustrated when you get to Oh, yeah, no, yeah. right. So, so 500 Club meaning you eat more than 500 grams of carbs. And we have a lot of females that eat more than 500 grams of carbs, believe it or not. But when we pull you down, you know, to, to mid-300s, we're doing so as a measure of you know keeping your long-term goals in order right and long-term goals you know related to body composition means that the plan has to change right right your body's going to adjust whenever you do anything one of the biggest things that we see when people are under eating is that they sort of get stuck at these low numbers. You know, uh, a great example are people that diet before they go on vacation. Yeah. So so they undereat, you know, before they go on vacation. And then they'll say, well, I just came off vacation. My calories are low and I'm up five pounds. What can you do for me? Nothing. I can't do anything for you. <laughs> right? People need to understand that they should diet after vacation. Right. And go into a vacation cycle, holiday cycle or whatever in an abundant way, because it's very difficult to control your calorie point there. Right. Right. So that's or or like diet or do with that last cycle, you know, a couple of months prior to leaving. If you have more long term planning, you know, because I do get it. Right. There's two sides to going on vacation. One is. You want to look sexy on the beach, right? But the other is, I'm on vacation. That means I want to like indulge and enjoy myself. I feel you. I don't care what the strangers on the beach think. I'm just gonna call bullshit though, right? Because because let me let me just explain to you what I mean. Okay, there was a picture of me at at, um, we were in Puerto Rico a few years ago, and like my back just looked amazing right yeah. 
When I look at that picture, I think to myself, that back took at least four years to get to that point. Yeah. So the idea that you could get to perfect body composition in a couple weeks is actually the thing that's messing up the process. That's the thing right. that's messing everything up. And it's not right. allowing you to get to the point where you're actually able to see that long-term progress where you're actually lean, you look muscular, right? Dealing with a couple of, see, once again, what we're talking about for somebody that cuts for a dieting cycle, they're talking, mm -hmm. four to six pounds is dictating their whole life. It's screwing up their me metabolism and it's messing everything up, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so that, that's, that's my view on the holidays. That's my views on, you know, I mean, in each perform world, we bulk, meaning we're trying to put on muscle over the holidays. Right. We're going into a vacation cycle. We're actually trying to, you know, fill our muscles up, look more muscular, so you look better when you start taking off clothes. Well, and lift heavier. Like, that's what I'm excited about, being off of fat loss. Yeah. We have one more question. Do we? Because I feel like we have a few, but All right, go ahead. Um, well, some of them are just, you know, I've, yep, I've been increasing my calories like that. I've, um, so I've noticed I'm feeling a little bit of digestive distress. I was low carb prior, and now I am up to 150 to 200 carbs. Will this feeling diminish as I keep on this? Yes. Um, I do think that anytime you make changes like that, you're going to find some foods that work and some foods that don't work, right? Oftentimes what ends up happening, you know, in a case of digestive distress is that people will rely a little bit more on sugar for carbs rather than starches for carbs. And then because they have more sugars, you know, even in the case of fruit, it can cause, you know, like some irritable bowel situations, right? And so right. you want to be conscious of fiber. You want to be conscious of starches, right? Um, the problem is, is that starches sort of have this bad name. And mm -hmm. so um, when you look at what fills your muscles up, it's really, you know, glucose, glycogen, that comes from starches, right? Anything that's fruit, you know, sugars, fruit, you know, fructose, things of that nature, that's really replenishing more liver glycogen. And so um, the starches end up being kind of a bigger deal. More, more often than not, you know, if I'm, you know, if, you know, my, 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 um, my plan's relatively high. So it gets to be difficult to not have sugar at a relatively you know, higher point, but I, we still recommend, you know, 50 to 75. And usually if it's 75, it's more from, from fruit than sugar. Now that can go up a little bit because it's kind of hard to be 500 club, you know, and, and just eat yeah. 75 grams of, of sugar. Um, so, uh, this, oh, so Layla, um, with, she, she was the trainer dealing with the muscular arm dystrophies mm -hmm. had said she always approached her calories that way, um, like we talked about, but she's lately been developing a gut 
Um, she doesn't feel she's been getting the training stimulus that she needs. And she's just going to sign up as soon as possible, which would be Thanksgiving. So, so for a long time, you know, we tried to counsel people as it relates to their training. And we didn't always have a lot of success with it. Um, and even for myself, and I think Sarah would admit this too, mm-hmm. um, when I was doing hypertrophy work, I was doing poser hypertrophy work. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and I did not know it, right? <laughs> like, I no. mean, I wish I could point the camera so you guys could see you know, all of my gym equipment. And, you know, the problem that you run into, because my background, you know, I started lifting weights because of CrossFit. And so most of the things that I would do, like I'm looking at ring, you know, rings. So if you're doing ring dips, you're going to get to a point of failure that just does not allow you to keep going, right? Right. So that's where everything hurts, and the templates that we got, we provide you guys for both fat loss and, you know. Everything Hurts is a training template, just so you guys know. Yeah, everything, everything Hurts is is our hypertrophy program. And then we also have another that program. That are Mike Miller awesomely designed for us. Yeah, and that, um, that are designed specifically for fat loss. So it's not so taxing on your system because, you know, in fat <laughs> loss, fat, you know, dieting is stressful. Right. Or even yes. eating less food, you know, even if you're not dieting. Um, but uh, that's really been kind of a, a, you know, a renaissance for us. And so when you say that your body composition is not where you would like it to be more often than not, you know, well, this is interesting because I, I was I was talking to a client who's actually hoping to make the CrossFit Games this year. And, uh, you know, she was concerned about her weight. And I said, well, the way that I view, you know, whenever I get concerned about my weight, my first reaction is to see if I can train my way out of that problem. Right? Yeah. And so usually I will make an adjustment. So a lot of times if, if you know, I'm just in this groove where I'm really doing more weightlifting and less cardio... I might add in a little bit more long endurance. Um, right. So um, the, you used to tease me all the time about my long endurance, and now all of a sudden it's it's no it's no big deal. Right, because you don't do it like you used to. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, well, I need to post the video again, but and sometimes I do fifteen minutes of rowing. You should, yeah, you should. You should point post that video, but it was interesting because I think that it, it got lost in last week's podcast a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of body fat testing related, you know, because I have a withing scale. Um, but you know, I talked about allowing myself to have five pounds window as yeah. I'm going into um, a hypertrophy phase. And what's been interesting, just judging from that, like I said, you know, this isn't DEXA scan, this isn't anything like this, yeah. but as my weight's gone up, my body fat's actually gone down a little bit, which would mean that, you know, like if you're going off of that, which I, you know, admittedly is is a little bit, um, 
you know, fake science. Um, yeah, totally. It, totally. It, I, I would have definitely put on five to seven pounds of muscle. Now, have I put on five to seven pounds of muscle? I think people put too much stock into that type of stuff. But when I look at my body right now, you know, I've definitely put on more muscle, you know. Oh, yeah. And and gotten a lot better as a result. And it's just really interesting when you look at, you know, CrossFit Open coming up, things of this nature. Um, I have started to add in. So we talked a little bit about this, and I'll, I'll just end on this note. Um, well, I'll end on this note. There's some interesting things coming to everything hurts um that i think people are going to really dig because um mike once he started to see all of you guys doing these programs and having great success with them it's inspired him to do other really cool things you know um at some point you know i want to get all these things in the app but we you know we're still doing a lot of development in the first of the year so Hopefully that can become a bigger priority Q1, Q2. Um, but you're going to be really excited once you guys see what's coming after everything hurts and everything hurts is amazing. But what I've done, especially after talking to Mike with the podcast from last week, you know, uh -huh. which kind of walked through some modifications that you can make to, to everything hurts. Yeah, to, I love that podcast. Yeah. Um, Everybody should listen to that podcast. So basically now I do a, a full body day, then the ISO day, and then a cardio day, right? Now Look at you. Yeah. Every three days. What what do you mean? The cardio? You're are you doing it like like we're on repeat? Yeah. So I'll I'll go I'll go full body day, ISO day, cardio day, rest day. Um and then what was interesting is that um this is actually yesterday. I'd been in a really good groove. Um, That's good. But uh, for one reason or another, my recovery wasn't great. Um, now, my wife my wife was on... Lifting or cardio? What now? After lifting or cardio? This was just after a cycle of three, right? Okay. And so I, I had a rest day. I should have been able to be recovered and be fine. Um, but I wasn't, my recovery, according to my whoop was 39, which I could work out. And right. I, there was a, there was a part of me that wanted to just ignore it and, and work yeah. out. But I found myself a little testy, you know, yesterday morning. And then by the, by one, one or two o'clock when I would have normally gone to work out, I just wasn't feeling it. And in my world, I love to work out. So if I don't yeah. feel like working out, I listen to that as a yes. general rule. Um, and sure enough, you know, um, it was, you know, it, it definitely seemed like my recovery was poor. Because after, I mean, first of all, I had an amazing night's sleep last night. You know, okay. My recovery is 81. What now? Did you eat enough? Um, I do think there was, you know, sometimes I will see some issues related to my low day. You know, so it, it could have been after my low day that, that caused 
a little bit of the issue. I don't think that it was that though. My mm-hmm. my you know my wife was on call, so uh, you know my dog sleeps in the same bed with us, and she you know woke me up a, a bunch of times. Um, and I think that that might have been a contributing factor. Yeah. But I still slept like seven and a half hours. I just think that, you know, as, you know, 49-year-old man, it just takes me a longer time to recover sometimes. But I was in a great groove with it, you know. And the, yeah. the um, what's been nice about, you know, adding in, you know, everything hurts has cardio built into it. Right. Wait, what I want to know, because I'm just going to blurt it out. What did you do? I want to know what you did for cardio. What was your cardio day? Okay, so... Uh, um, this is what I want to know. Well, it, it's unexciting. Um, <laughs> but when I lost, you know, 100 pounds, right? Uh-huh. There was a machine that I used that was sort of a combination of a stair stepper and an elliptical. And the reason why I used it was because... It was low impact, and so I could work out a lot more um, without it really hurting me. And so one of the things that I've really liked about joining Lifetime is that I had access to that machine, you know? Yeah. Um, An ARC trainer, if you're familiar with ARC trainers, um, is real Mm -hmm. familiar with it. Um, I don't know what it's called. It's like a pre-core machine. Um, Mm -hmm. It's P-R-E-C-O-R. But it's like a combo elliptical step step trainer. Um, and it allows for a little bit of a bounce, you know, so it's not yeah. rigid um, that, you know, r- like running would be or a treadmill would be. Yeah. And um, so that's what I do. Um, I'll do that, you know, in the cycles. The way that I do it, the way that the um, the cardio is, is put in. So the way that the cardio is put in, you do either – I think it's like four or five cycles, but I think it's four. Um, You'll do 10 minutes. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so it might be 10 to 12 minutes, so don't hold that against me if I'm doing it wrong. But then you cycle in abs with it, right? And so, um, you know, I just do that machine, you know, for 10 minutes, and then I go do my cable crunches um, and then, then go back in, right? Yeah. And uh, that's been great, you know, and I, I find that my recovery normally is better with it. But this week was yeah. a little bit of an anomaly. Now, I, I will say, you know, some days you kind of you you catch a low day and then that yeah. that was a full body day. You know, today's today's a full body day and a low day. So I'm going to be a little bit more conscious than I would normally. Right. right? But I feel good. I ate good last night. Um you know, uh, just feeling really good about my workout routine, really feeling really good about, you know, kind of going into the new year, you know, being, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, like you said, lifting heavy, you know, um, really sort of pushing, you know, I'm at, I'm actually at third, the third week of phase one. So by, by the time you get to the third week of all the programs, you know, them so much better right you don't have to go back to the videos for every single thing you know Mm -hmm. you're actually doing them i mean i've been well okay so so that that could have been a little bit of the answer i've been doing things a lot slower than i had done Um, previously yeah 
And so that could have hurt my recovery. So normally like the soreness that you might feel when you first start everything hurts. Um, it changes to more of like a fatigue feel. Do you know what I say, right. mean when I say that? Mm-hmm. Where it's like different than Dom's, but it's more it's more like you're right. just yeah, overall. You're, you can, I mean, you could say beat up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called everything hurts for a reason. Yeah, but when when I because I was the one that named it everything hurts because Mike asked me like we need a name for this because um, it was you know <laughs> it was called like shredding season or something I was like well the name should be everything hurts because literally every <laughs> part of my body hurts and that's how we. That's right. You did have it. I. When I did it, when I started it, it was shredding, shredding season. Yeah. Um, the next, the next versions that are coming out, I'm more excited about those than I am with everything hurts because, oh boy. because it builds on the everything hurts foundation. Right. Yeah. And to me, this is, you know, when I when I look at, you know, what I wanted Eat to Perform to be, I wanted Eat to Perform to be like the Disneyland of fat loss, right? Mm-hmm. This to me is where the Disneyland of fat loss actually happens. You know, right. is when you're combining, you know, efficient nutrient protocols with efficient physiology to allow people to be the best human being. That's when, that's when things are the most fun, right? All right. So we will end on that note. I appreciate everybody listening. It's a little bit longer one, but we covered a lot of ground on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also got, got, uh, you know, we had to pause because of Facebook messing with us and stuff like this. (laughs) All right. So why don't you say goodbye to everybody and we'll shut it down. Bye everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. All right, talk to you later, and be on the lookout for Thanksgiving. Talk to you later.